John chapter number 2 and verse number 23, if you find your place, if you want to stand this morning in honor of the reading of the Word of God, if you're able to, and I know everyone's not able to, John chapter number 2 and verse number 23, I've read this verse in you here and in the last few services, and I want to move into the very fundamentals of what it is to be born of the Spirit of God. Oftentimes we forget that, and oftentimes we think we've graduated and we've gone on beyond that, but if you get past this, you've missed the whole thing. John chapter number 2 and verse number 23, speaking of the Lord Jesus, the Word of God says, Now when He was in Jerusalem at the Passover and the feast day, many believed in His name, look at this, when they saw the miracles which He did, But Jesus did not commit himself unto them. That word commit is rendered from the exact same Greek word that the word believeth is rendered from in John 3.16. It literally means to make a commitment to someone, to trust them. And the Lord Jesus Christ did not commit himself to these people even though they believed in him. Now we have a generation that has the misconception and the misinformation that are blinded that believe that because they believe in Jesus, they're saved. Wrong. The Word of God said the angels believe and tremble. But that word goes much deeper than a head knowledge of some intellectual facts and figures about the person of Jesus Christ, about the passion of Jesus Christ, or about the presence of Jesus Christ. It's a whole lot more than that. It's being committed to Him as your Lord and as your Savior. And then the Word of God says that Jesus needed not that any should testify of man, for He knew what was in man. Chapter number 3, verse number 1, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. The Lord Jesus didn't say anything about church membership. The Lord didn't say anything about baptism. Although church membership's important, and if you're saved, baptism's important. The Lord Jesus didn't say anything about receiving communion. Although if you're saved and right with God, receiving communion's a wonderful thing. But the Lord Jesus emphatically, dogmatically, without reservation, told Nicodemus that if you're going to go to heaven, you must be born again. Nicodemus, you're a good man, but you need a second birth. Nicodemus was a holy man as far as Israel was concerned, a member of the Sanhedrin Council, no doubt fasted twice a week, no doubt had memorized all the text of the first five books of the Bible, no doubt he gave tithes and offerings of everything that he owned down to a few little herbs he would have gathered to have gone in his supper. But the Lord Jesus looked at Nicodemus Nicodemus in all his glory and said, you've got to be born again. You're going to go to hell if you don't get saved. Nicodemus saith unto him, how can a man be born when he's old? 
You see, the Lord Jesus uses the very simplest, most rudimentary human illustration that could be used. The illustration of a birth to explain to Nicodemus, son, you're not right with God, but you can be. Nicodemus said, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, Ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, and canst not tell whence it cometh. Whether it goeth, so is every one that is born of the Spirit. If the Lord will help me today in the simplest terms, I just want to talk to you on what it means to be born of the Spirit of God. When you look back in John chapter number 2, during the earthly ministry of the Lord Jesus, at this Passover in Jerusalem, the Scripture, the Word of God says many believed in His name when they saw the miracles which He did. According to the Scripture, according to the Word of God, the Lord Jesus said He did not commit Himself unto them. Now what does that mean and what is that saying? According to the King James Bible... The Word of God says that every single profession of faith made that day in that place was a false profession. Every profession that day was based on the human senses. What they saw, what they heard, what they felt, human emotions, human reasonings, and all of that formed human ideas and human opinions concerning who they thought Jesus was and what they thought salvation was. But none of it was real Bible salvation. Like many of you, I had a childhood experience in a church in an altar And that experience that I had, what I saw, what I heard, what I felt, molded in my heart and in my mind everything that I thought about who and what Jesus Christ was and who and what I thought salvation was. But yet I was dumb as a box of rocks, dead in trespasses and sin, as ignorant as any blind, deaf, dumb man could be and did not know God. I had a religious experience just like they did. And this morning, not one single testimony that day revolved around the Word of God. This morning, feelings will change. You know that. Emotions will change. And given enough time, you elders in this building realize that enough time and enough experience will change your ideas and your opinions. There's a lot of things in this world that change. Malachi chapter number 3 and verse number 6, the Word of God says, For I am the Lord, I change not. (laughs) Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. The book of Hebrews chapter number 6, verse number 16 says, For men verily swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife. 
wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of the promise the immutability of His counsel. The word immutability means unchangeable. His counsel is His Word. And what the Word of God says is God's Word is not going to change. That's what it says. That by two immutable things, the Word of God and the priesthood of God, at which is it impossible for God to lie that we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold on the hope set before us. That means that the hope that I have, Miss Christie, and the refuge that I have is based on the everlasting, infallible, inspired Word of God. I may weep bitter tears, cry myself to sleep. You may break my heart before the day's over, but my salvation don't depend on my feelings. My salvation don't depend on some hokey experience. My salvation this morning depends on the pages of God's infallible Word. Matthew twenty four thirty five. Jesus said, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. When's my salvation going in? When the Word of God does. Matthew five eighteen said, For verily I say unto you, Till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law, till all be fulfilled. Jesus Christ said, not one jot, not one tittle is going to pass away till the whole thing, everything I said is going to be done. You say, what's a jot and a tittle? If you knew and understood the Hebrew language, it's like us crossing a T or dotting an I. And the Lord Jesus said, I ain't going to leave one eye undotted. Everything I said in that book, I'll do it just the way I said I'll do it. It don't matter if you clam up. It don't matter if you like it, lump it, dump it, jump it, croak, puke, or die. God's going to do what God said he'll do. It don't matter if I like it. It don't matter if Granny likes it. It don't matter if you choke three rows back if you want to. God's going to do what God said God's going to do. There's some things that change in this world. When I was a child, Brother Danny in, in Fair Plains Elementary School Gymnasium, that was the biggest place, son. You could bounce a basketball and you could hit a you could hit a soccer ball or a volleyball in that place and bat a wiffle ball around in that. That's the biggest place I'd ever been, Brother Wesley. It was wonderful to get to go run around in that gym. I mean, just cut her loose, buddy. Yell, scream, and holler, and run. Big as the all of the outdoors. Several years after I left Fair Plains Elementary School, Sister Lori and I went back to vote. We approached that building and I looked and on the outside was them same old bricks, them same old metal columns, and them same old tinted windows, Brother Wesley. And I went through them same old big double doors with them same old brass handles. And I walked inside that building and something happened. It shrunk. It wasn't nearly as big as I remembered it was when I was a kid. Somehow somebody had changed my gym and it got littler. No, it hadn't changed a bit. But my perception had grown foggy and grown dim. And what was reality... And what I thought was reality were absolutely two totally different things. Now this morning, are you basing your ever-living soul 
and your soul's salvation on reality? Or are you basing salvation on what you think is reality? This morning, I'm not basing my salvation on what I think. I'm not basing salvation on what I feel. Because some days I don't feel saved. I'm basing salvation on the reality of God's book. And the Lord Jesus looked at Nicodemus and said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And the Word of God says that Jesus said that if you've ever really been saved, you have experienced a birth. Now I realize and I understand that these CDs literally go all over the world. And I realize and I understand that I talk like I just got off a bus with a chicken under my arm. But as dumb as I am and as much of a hillbilly as I am, I understand a birth. And it doesn't make any difference if you're in the largest metropolitan city in America. It doesn't matter if you're in small town, Goobertown, Arkansas today. Anybody that's ever been born has any sense at all understands a birth. Before there's ever a birth, there has to be a passion. That passion's a love relationship between the child of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. That passion is between the church, the collective body of the saints of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a lot of things that I deem very important this morning. Many of you are my spiritual children. I love you and I'd do anything in this world for you, but you are not the most important thing in my world this morning. I love my dear wife. She's the most precious friend I've got on this earth. She's my soulmate, but my wife is not the most important thing in my world this morning. I love to preach this book in the anointing of the Holy Ghost of God, but preaching this book is not the most important thing in my world this morning. But the absolute most important thing in my world is my fellowship with my Savior, Jesus Christ. And apart from that, I don't have life. I have no liberty. I have no peace. And I have no joy. And I'm telling you, the fellowship that you have with Jesus Christ is that passion and that love affair that brings about babies. There's got to be a passion. Jesus made a commitment to the church. He made a covenant with the church. He gave a commission to the church. And conception takes place through the church. The church is the womb that carries them babies. There's got to be a passion and there's got to be parents. The Lord Jesus said, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Every man, woman, boy, and girl in this building has had a fleshly birth. And our birth was after the nature of our daddy Adam. And you were born dead in trespasses and sins. You say, what do you do to go to hell? Absolutely nothing. You were born an enemy of God. All little babies don't go to hell. Little babies are innocent. But once you come to that place of understanding that the Holy Ghost of God gives you light, that you're dead in trespasses and sins, and shows you you're guilty and condemned before God from that point forward, you're a dead man marked for judgment. Before there's ever a birth, there's got to be parents. The Lord Jesus said, except a man be born of water 
And that water don't have anything to do with baptism. Water in the Word of God is a type of the Word of God. Peter said, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the Word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Romans chapter 10 says, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. If you'll back up, that's not the reading of the Word of God. The Word of God said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Prerequisite. How shall they call upon him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? This authorized King James Bible says that apart from the preaching of the word of God, you cannot get born into the family of God. Why is it so important? Why is there such a passion for the children of God to invite their lost family and get them in the house of God during revival and on Sunday mornings and Sunday nights so people can hear the word of God? What's the passion of handing out those CDs so somebody can hear the Word of God. Because if you're born in the Spirit of God, you realize one of your parents was the preaching of the Word of God. And anybody ever gets saved, it'll be through preaching. I didn't say nothing about puppets. I didn't say nothing about clowns. I didn't even say anything about gospel music but preaching. Word of God said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse number 21 It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Ephesians 5.25 says Husbands love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. The word of God preaching. Hey listen, it don't bother the devil nor nobody else for these slick willies to come and stand in a pulpit and just do a little teaching. It takes preaching to get born again. Philip was in revival at Samaria and there was an Ethiopian eunuch out in the middle of the desert in Gaza one day. And the Holy Ghost of God told Philip to get up and go down to Gaza. And when he did, he saw that Ethiopian eunuch standing in a chariot reading the Word of God. Reading Isaiah chapter number 53. And the Word of God said the Spirit of God told Philip to join himself to that chariot. And that means glue yourself to it. Philip walked up to that old boy and saw him reading the Word of God. Philip said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And that Ethiopian eunuch standing there holding a copy of the infallible Word of God said, How can I? Except some man should guide me. And Philip made a pulpit out of that old chariot, stood up and preached the Word of God. And that eunuch got saved by the grace of God. Why? Because of preaching. Hey, you you watch. You watch. You watch what folks want to do, what the devil wants to do. And shut up and choke down preaching. They don't mind how much you shout and hoop and holler and sing. But buddy, when it's time to preach, they'll fold their arms up and say, Preacher, I dare you. They hate preaching. They don't want to be preached to. Why? Because that's one of the parents and it takes two to get born. (laughs) Hallelujah. It takes parents to get born of the Spirit of God. And that first parent's the Word of God, but that second parent is the Holy Ghost. You see, you can stand up and tell the dead truth and the dead law of this book all you want to. Pharisees and the scribes had the dead law. But without the Holy Ghost of God, it absolutely meant nothing to them. 
And all across America today, there are so-called fundamental, independent, premillennial, dispensational, King James Bible-believing, mission-minded Baptist churches meeting this morning. And some man's going to stand up and give some dead dry sermon dryer in last year's bird's nest and cracker juice and tell them some intellectual theological facts and figures out of this book and every bit of it's correct without enough Holy Ghost to blow your nose. Old no boy out there in Kansas. Brother Jesse, I don't know if this old boy is a preacher or not. He might be, but he had never known what it was to be full of the Holy Ghost of God. And old Brother Daniel been preaching the Word of God. And I, I've seen Brother Daniel, God, get on him. Him have a cup of coffee in one hand and a donut in the other and preach like his head was on fire. And Brother Daniel was preaching out there. And after it was over with, that old boy, big old boy, come up to Brother Daniel. He said, I don't know where you got it, but I want it. How do I get it? What was he talking about, Brother Jesse? He was talking about that special anointing of the Holy Ghost of God that God puts on a God-called preacher to stand in thunder the Word of God. And the Holy Ghost of God through the preaching of the Word of God draws men to the side of Jesus. John six forty four. Jesus said, No man can come unto me except the Father which has sent me draw him. Well, the Holy Ghost of God broods over sinners. Boy, I love it when I see people start getting uncomfortable in the presence of the Holy Ghost and I start listening to their conversation and watching their actions and I realize God's lingering near them and God's working on them and God's tenderizing their little heart. The Holy Spirit of God lives in the hearts of born-again believers and He chooses to manifest Himself in and through that local assembly and that local church. The Holy Ghost of God produces that womb in the church that gives a spiritual atmosphere where a spiritual child can be born. You say, Brother Mike, I, I didn't get saved in a church. That ain't what I'm saying. I'm saying God uses the church. God uses people in the church. God uses the body of the church and the preaching of the Word of God through the church to reach people's heart and impregnate that seed in the heart of man. The Holy Spirit of God carries the spiritual child a full term. But today we are saturated in America with false churches, with false prophets and false professors that under a false pretense cause false labor and either commit spiritual abortion or bring forth base-born illegitimate children. That's what we fill this world with. Matthew chapter number 7 and verse number 13, the Word of God said, Enter ye at the straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Jesus said many are going to go to hell. The Word of God said Jesus said the majority are going to go to hell. That's what I just read you. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And F-E-W, few there be that find it. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing. For inwardly they're ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so every good tree bringeth forth good fruit. But a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. If you don't already know that, that's hell. 
Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. And I, I, I don't mean to, but I get frustrated sometimes in my daily walk and I meet people and I hear folks all the time, well, you don't judge me, preacher, don't judge. Don't judge me if you don't know my heart. Let me help you out here. The Lord Jesus Christ said out of the abundance of heart, the mouth speaketh. I know what's in your heart by what you talk about. I'm in the Bible. I know what's in your heart by the fruit that's in your life. I, I, the, the Word of God said, they that are, that are righteous, that do righteousness are righteous. And those that sin are sinners. And when you look at the Word of God here, the Lord Jesus said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Listen to this. Now, this is where I started. I'm telling you that in the day and the age in which we live, there are churches in this county today that do not have one born-again believer in the assembly of that church, including the pastor that stands in the pulpit. You mark her down. You mark her down. The Word of God said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? That's preachers. That's lost, illegitimate, base-born Baptist preachers that stand in pulpits that have never been saved by the grace of God. And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name have done many wonderful works. Then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. I'm in the Word of God. There's got to be parents. That means you've got to have the Word of God and you've got to have the working of the Holy Ghost of God to bring you into the family. If there's ever been a birth, there's been pain. There's a burden for the mother. Some of you that just carried a baby, Miss Noel understands full well what it is to carry that baby to you miserable. Others of you mothers in this building know and understand what it is to carry that load of carrying that baby. And when it comes down to that time for that baby to be born, you understand full well the travail that comes with childbirth. And I never will forget just a little while back when little Samuel was being born, standing outside in the hallway of that hospital when little Miss Jamie was in hard labor. And them girls had called me and they were in a panic and they said, Preacher Mike, you need to get down here, Miss Jamie. She's having a hard time and we got to the hospital and got outside the door and Miss Jamie was in travail of childbirth. And they said, Preacher, pray. Miss Jamie's hurting bad. (laughs) Is that what y'all call me down here for? (laughs) Honey, she's having a baby. (laughs) It hurts. She's going to scream. That's a natural part of having a baby. And thank God for the natural part of labor. When the church of Jesus Christ begins to feel that baby move and begins to feel travail and birth pains and God puts you under a burden and you weep and you cry. 
before they get in. <laughs> Son, there's a pain involved in birth. Yeah. You know why there ain't a lot of babies being born? There ain't a lot of folks willing to go through the travail of childbirth. Right. But it's not just a pain for the mama. When that baby passes through that birth canal, it's painful for that little child that contorts its very skull bringing them into this world. And if you don't already know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about old-fashioned Mount Sinai Holy Ghost conviction. There ain't never been a conversion without conviction. I remember some of you, God got you under conviction. God was a tearing up your little old world. I remember precious little old Miss Donna before she got saved listening to them CDs riding down the road and something holy invaded her space. She didn't know what to do but she ran to work and got Ricky to pray with her trying to get some help but she couldn't get no help. Oh, she was so tore up she didn't know what to do. She showed up at the house that morning. Me and Miss Lori got to talking to her and she was screaming tears. She was in convulsion didn't know what to do. Tore up. We got in the floor and began to pray. And all of a sudden those birth pains turned into joy. And she got up and that baby had wiggled its way out of the womb and came forth with new life. I'll tell you what, you can have false labor. You can have false pains and not get born again. When I was 12 years old, I was under Holy Ghost conviction, but I didn't get saved. Well, I remember precious Miss Deborah. God bless her precious little heart. God was a deal with her soul, showing her she was lost. She was a good woman, a good moral woman. Wasn't any more outstanding woman in the community or in the church than Miss Deborah. Miss Deborah got to feeling the weight of the condemnation of sin in her heart, realized she was lost and undone without God. And I remember that Sunday morning, Miss Deborah made her way to this altar, got down here and wept bitter tears and cried and prayed, and got up and felt better for a little bit. Brother Jesse is just a false labor pain. She hadn't got to that hard travail yet. But she went back to the house God, the Holy Ghost kept brooding over. She didn't know what to do. She couldn't eat. She couldn't sleep. Go out on the porch by herself and try to pray. Try to get some help. Couldn't sleep. Went to work the next day. Couldn't stand it at work. Called the house and said, Preacher, I've got to get some relief from their lunch. Come over to the house. Knelt down on that footstool in the middle of the living room floor. Wallowed around and prayed until that baby come out of the womb and got up with victory and knew life in Christ Jesus. And this friend, there ain't never been a baby born without pain. There ain't never been nobody got born into the family of God without going through old time Holy Ghost conviction. But I'm talking about make you feel so bad you think you're going to die afraid you won't. There's pain in a childbirth. You believe that? Not only is there pain in a childbirth, there's a place where you got born of the Spirit of God. There's a birth certificate and a record at the county that says Saturday, August the 22nd, 1964, at 7 o'clock in the evening, at Wilkes General Hospital, my mother gave birth to a bouncing baby boy named him Michael Lee Reeves, the son of Garland Reeves. And you know what? There was a place where I got born into this world in my physical birth. And the Lord Jesus describes a birth and says, Nicodemus, it's a birth. Where's the place you've got born again? And Miss Linda, just a smile and 
like a mule-eating sawbriars because she knows where it was she got born again. Some of you grinning this morning, Miss Velda grinning because she knows that bed she was kneeling down by when she got born of the Spirit of God. Some of you grinning because you know where you're sitting when you got up and the Holy Ghost of God birthed you into the family of God. I know there was a place at 3 o'clock in the morning on a raggedy couch on the Fair Plains Road in a little green and white trailer that I got born into the family of God. There's a place where you got born. Well, preacher, I know I'm saved, but you know, I don't have a testimony just like you, you know, that I could go back to a place where I, I, you know, I could nail it down. I I wouldn't trade tickets with you for all the money in the world. You mean to tell me you got born into the family of God, relieved of the burden of sin, the Holy Ghost of God took up residence in you, and you don't know when and where it took place? He said, Preacher, if you, if you discount some of those things about feelings and emotions, how you know you've been saved? By the Word of God. I've got back around to 2 Corinthians 5.17 again. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Ain't that good? But don't stop there. Old things... Are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Ain't that funny? How some of you boys ain't sucking pills up your nose no more? Ain't that funny how some of you ain't crawling in a vodka bottle no more? And trying to crawl in a Budweiser can no more? Ain't that funny how some of you that God birthed you into the family of God, you're shacked up and living together, and God birthed you into the family of God, and the first thing you do is run to the preacher and say, I gotta get married. <laughs> Why? Old things passed away, behold, A-L-L, all things become new. Now let me ask you a question. Are you basing salvation on some hokey experience or are you basing salvation on this book? Because experiences will come and go, but this book, the Lord Jesus said, it's going to last forever and forever. If there's ever been a birth, there's been parents, there's been pain, there's been a place, there's been a pedo. That word pedo is where we get our word pediatrics. It simply means a baby. A living, breathing child. When you get born as a child, you get the nature of your parents. I didn't ask to look like I look. It's my mom and daddy's fault. Because you get the nature of your parents. And some of you, all you got to do is watch. You got holy nature. You want to walk with God. You want to please God. You're willing to give up your relationships. You're willing to give up everything you thought you lived for for Jesus Christ because you love your daddy. It's natural to love your daddy. And the Lord Jesus Christ said, If you love me, keep my commandments. And the Word of God said, He that saith, I know him and keepeth not his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. What are you going to do with that? Boy, if you're born of the Spirit of God with every fiber of your mortal being, you want to serve God. I know your flesh rebels against that that's holy, but there's something holy birthed on the inside of you that causes you to do right. Hey, when a baby comes home, things change at the house. Language changed at my house when I got saved. Yes, sir. 
What, what's that mean to you? I know what it means to me. My language changed. My interest in even what I want to talk about changed. That's why, hey, listen, I don't, I don't mind talking about deer hunting. I like talking about that. I don't mind talking about a whole lot of things. I like guns. I like them old muscle cars. I like all that stuff. But there ain't nothing I like like talking about Jesus. And that's the conversation God gave me. That's where my heart's at. And when you're a pedo, you're a baby, you take the nature of your parents, you love your parents. God gives you a family. And everything down at the house changes when you get born of the Spirit of God. If your house didn't change when you got born again, that wasn't new birth you experienced. I'm talking about a genuine change. When I got born of the Spirit of God, I wasn't a drunk, but it wasn't too unusual to find a beer in my fridge. Brother Wesley, there ain't nothing makes me no sicker. I don't want to be around it, I don't want to look at it, and I don't really even want to hear about it. But Tracy, when I got born of the Spirit of God, they didn't nobody have to tell me to turn that filthy HBO off and unplug that from my house. Didn't nobody have to tell me that. Why was that? Because there was a change that took place in my heart that worked its way out. Do you know why people talk about what they talk about? Because that's what's in their heart. That's what they're interested in. If you're around folks for 15 minutes and they mention money five times, you mark her down, that's where their heart's at. You're around folks for 15 minutes and they mention work five times, you mark her down, that's where their heart's at. You're around folks and the average Baptist, you can pitch a softball into hell and the average Baptist would dive in after you. And you talk to somebody for a few minutes and all they want to talk about is the football games and the basketball games, you mark her down, that's where their heart's at. But ain't it a blessing to get around people that get to want to talk about the things of God and what God's done for them in their life and the prayers they're seeing answered and how God's dealing with their family and how God's working. There's a change that takes place when you get born again. First John chapter number 3 and verse number 5. If I was going to say I saved, now listen, I'm going to be through. We're going to go to the house. Praise God, some of you tickled. If I was going to say I saved... Miss T said, I'm going to base it on this book. I ain't going to base it on what I feel and what I think. Some days I don't feel too good. That ain't what I'm basing this thing on. I'm basing it on this book. Do you ever change? I'm talking about that miraculous change. That unexplainable, unmistakable that everybody that knows you knows. I just can't figure it out, but there's something different about them. I got born of the Spirit of God and my life changed and it was a while before I ever told my mama. And my mama looked at me, stood up in front of the family and declared, I knew there's something different about you. <laughs> yes. First John chapter 3, verse number 5. This is what your Bible says. You turn there. This is what your Bible says. You're going to base your salvation on your feelings. You're going to base it on the Word of God. First John chapter 3, verse 5. And you know that He, Jesus Christ, you know that He was manifested to take away our sins. And in Him is no sin. Whosoever abideth in Him sinneth not. Does that mean you can't mess up and you can't fall down and sin? No, that's not what that says. That means you cannot habitually live and abide in sin if you're saved what it says. Whosoever sinneth, that means to habitually abide in your sin, hath not seen him. 
neither known him. Little children, let no man deceive you. Little children, don't let a Baptist preacher stand up and say, Oh, you're just backslid. You need to rededicate. Don't let your friends that you meet look around. Listen, I grew up in church. I know hypocrites upside down, inside out, and sideways. I can point them out in the crowd. I knew what it was like to be around a bunch of hypocrites. I knew what it was like to see the youth leader in the church try to molest the girls on a trip to Carolines. I knew what it was like to ride with the Sunday school teachers and listen to their dirty jokes. I knew what it was like to find out where the pillars, where the daddy and the deacons in the church kept their beer. I knew what it was like to slip through the Sunday school rooms, go down through the basement, come around the side door, and come out to the front and find one of the deacons standing sucking cigarettes and another deacon sitting in the car listening to the car race instead of listening to the preacher. Hey, listen, I've been up to here with hypocrites. I know what they look like. Yes, sir. But everybody in the church ain't a hypocrite. But, buddy, they'll make people so bitter and they'll make people so frustrated and angry. They'll write off God and the church, the Holy Ghost, and everybody else and say they ain't none of them real. Brother Keithy, I realize there's a lot of hypocrites in the church. But I know very good and well that there's folks seated in this assembly this morning that Almighty God changed your life, made you different, and any man, woman, boy, or girl willing to look at you realizes and cannot deny the fact that God made a change in your life. Can't deny But see, if there ain't ever been no change made in your life that everybody around you looks at and says, man, they're different. Hey, you won't know if your life changed. Let me just make you real nervous here. Why don't we just, after service, while you're out standing in the parking lot, why don't I call your youngins in here and ask them about the change in your life? Let me ask them about when mom and daddy started acting holy. When mom and daddy's world changed, when their vocabulary changed, when their reading material changed, when what they watched on television changed, when they changed. That'd make you nervous, wouldn't it? Brother Jesse, I believe I could take AJ and I could probably find out when you changed. I believe I could. Miss Nita, I could probably talk to you and find out when Wesley changed. I could talk to some of you and find out when your change takes place. Now, when I go to asking them, what am I going to hear? Let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. Verse number 8, John chapter 3. He that committeth sin is of the devil. For the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was made manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. Jesus Christ destroyed sin in my life. That don't mean sin's been eradicated and I can't sin. It means it's not a normal, functional part of my world anymore. It's not a normal part of my life to see pornography anymore. As a matter of fact, it so offends me sometimes just to get around people's television set and see what they're watching that it grieves me so bad the Holy Ghost balls up inside of me and I think I'm going to die because that ain't part of my world no more. And I'm around church folks most of the time. But every once in a while when I'm in the world, I'll get around some belligerent old guy and gets to using foul language and it causes me to ball up in a knot. Because I ain't used to that, Brother Wesley. 
Hey, if you just habitually throw them four-letter words around and you call it country boy cussing, if you want to, you need to be born of the Spirit of God. You ain't never been saved. And somebody needs to love you enough to stand up and tell you the truth of the matter is that if your God ain't big enough to clean up your mouth, He ain't big enough to get you to heaven. Why can people be so spiritually blind they can live in sin every day and think they're, oh, I'm saved. Oh, I'm just not right with you. I'm saved. Oh, yes, preacher. Why, preacher, you hypocrite? What, who do you think you are judging me? No, 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 this book's been around 2,000 years longer than I have. If your phone's ringing, it wasn't me that dialed your number. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. Or commit means to abide with contentment. Brother Ricky, there's some things when I first got saved, I didn't know no better. Brother Jesse, a man's got to grow in grace and knowledge. But I'm going to make you a promise. There's some things that when you got saved, you was doing was wrong and God got to dealing with you and you had to change them. I remember when God, the Holy Ghost, helped me stop smoking. You will not die and go to hell because you smoke a cigarette. But you'll smell like you've been there. But I remember when God helped me quit smoking. I was sitting in the back seat of a carryall with some boys at work. I was born of the Spirit of God in fellowship with God. God was my Savior and my friend. And I looked at one of them boys sitting in the front seat and I said, J.B., let me have a cigarette. I lift that thing up and the moment I lift that thing up, the Holy Ghost of God spoke to my heart and said, Son, you just bummed a cigarette off a drunk. I couldn't enjoy it. And I had to grow. And I had to learn what my Heavenly Father was pleased with. And you've got to grow. And you've got to learn. And there's some things in your life and in your world. Miss Francis, before you got saved, you had no clue that a woman standing up leading a congregation was a sin. You didn't know that. Funny thing happened when you got saved. The Holy Ghost of God began to deal with her heart and say, there's something just ain't right about me standing up and leading a congregation and singing. I'm in that book, buddy. The Word of God said the Holy Ghost will lead you into all truth. Where's He leading you? He'll lead you into truth. I love you this morning. I'm going to tell you what I could do if I didn't care about you. I'd be the best little old hypocrite buddy you'd find. I'd slap you on the back and I'd pat you on the back and tell you how good you are and how much I love you. <laughs> I'd be so sweet sugar wouldn't melt in my mouth. Everything you've done would be just fine and God understands and that'd be good. Larry, I love you folks more than just let folks die and go to hell thinking everything's all right. Let folks die and go to hell not knowing that if you ain't never experienced the new birth, it don't matter where you've been, what you've done, you will go to hell. Because I done been done that little Baptist thing. I felt conviction. I was tore up. Everybody had their eyes on me. I came to that. And I meant it. I meant it. Johnny, I meant it with all my heart. I, I wasn't being a hypocrite. I wasn't lying. I meant it. I wanted to be saved. 
But God, the Holy Ghost, Miss Alma, had not worked faith and had not worked repentance in my heart. Repentance is work. God's got to get you to the place, Sammy. God's got to get a man to the place where he's willing to give up everything for Jesus Christ. And when you reach that place and you trust him by faith, you don't have to be an altar of church. You can be laying in the floor at the preacher's house. You can be bowing at the couch at the preacher's house. You can be riding down the road in your automobile. I was in Tampa, Florida a while back, and there was an old boy deacon in the church full of the Holy Ghost of God and love. Good man. Was riding downtown Tampa and stopped at a stoplight. Got to bouncing up and down on the seat saying, right here, right here, right here, preacher, right here. I said, right here what? He said, right here at this stoplight on my way home from church. That's where I got birthed into the family of God. Right here at this stoplight is where I trusted Jesus. There's some of you who got a testimony when you stood up out of that pew. Took that first step toward this altar. You know what you did? God gave you faith and you exercised faith and God gave you repentance and you believed in your heart. If I could get to Jesus, he'd fix me. And when you took the first step, man, you saved right there. What's that about? That ain't about a prayer. It's about faith and repentance. But whenever that takes place, when you go home, you go home with a brand new baby. A brand new baby. Hallelujah. If you've ever been born again, your world changed. If you've got to search too hard to try to figure that out about the change in your life, you're already in trouble. I'm not telling you the Baptist do's and don'ts, and I'm not telling you men's opinions. I've told you that the Lord Jesus told Nicodemus, except you be born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water. That's the Word of God. And of the Spirit, that's the Holy Ghost. It cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. 